Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Anchor Podcast. We are three dedicated staff members seeking to help families navigate uh, what it looks like to try to build disciples at home, which includes all sorts of topics mm-hmm. because oftentimes our actions speak louder than our words. And so it's usually on us as adults when we're talking about the next generation. Our attitudes, our actions, our faces speak loud. Uh, with me today is Jennifer Dooley, of course, and Daniel Noondorfer. Welcome, guys. Woo! Hello, hello. Good to see you guys. How are y'all doing today? I uh, just closed my eyes for 20 minutes. Yeah. I didn't really fall asleep, but I feel better. It is the afternoon. That's awesome. Yeah. We, yeah. At post-lunch is not the best time to podcast. No. We'll see how we do. But It's going to be is, awesome. This would be the best, yeah. But, I had some sweet tea. Mm, had some barbecue. That sounds good. Brunswick's too. There's but that sweet power. tea, it's yeah. really... So even though I could take a nap, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Soft drink of choice? Uh, Diet Coke. Diet Coke, really? But okay. I'd always prefer sweet tea to anything. Really? I'm a Other Dr. Pepper. Coffee. Dr. Pepper guy. Uh, Over sweet tea even. <gasps> yeah, I know. Wow. Coffee, Dr. Pepper, water. I used to do milk. I mean, I drink milk by the gallons, literally. Every week, I wow. drink a gallon of milk all the way until my late 40s. And then my body decided that's lactose, enough. Yeah. And, <laughs> I like dairy intolerant now of anything. Yeah. yeah so that was... A odd transition in my life. Almond milk all the way. It's good. Yeah, oat milk. It is. I've gotten into the oat milk. I've found some really good. So I can still have cereal at night, which okay. I'm good with. They're doing a lot better with all that now. Yep. I mean, you can get all sorts of crazy ice creams and I can go to Starbucks and get dairy-free stuff if I need to. That's right. Not need, but want to. So Daniel, soft drink of choice? Oh, I mean, I guess I would say Coke, but like um, the fountain Cokes. Oh, oh, they're yeah. way better than yeah. can or bottled. True. I yeah. think it's all about the ice. I, I maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. That McDonald's fountain coke hits different. Chick fil A ice is good. Chick fil A ice. Bucky's. Bucky's. <laughs> Back to Bucky's again. We're going to bring it up on every episode until I Daniel. That's a great idea. Comes to town. No, I wouldn't be He's surprised gonna wear a shirt. if there's something a little extra in that coke or any. <laughs> it's delicious. You can just buy a cup of ice there. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we've been hanging out, talking already, and uh, it is mid-afternoon. So we were going to just make this episode an episode of answering some questions we've had sitting around on our podcast table. I believe these are from teenagers. But let me kick it off with one here. It says, why do Christians say that they believe you know, in Jesus, follow the Bible and the gospel, which is the definition of love, but they hate one another? Hmm. Good question. It is. I can share something. Um, why I hate people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this is something kind of funny. Yeah. The more I discover about myself, which is neat, I thought I knew everything there was to know about myself, but then I get surprised by certain things. And then one thing I learned is how different people are, if yeah. that makes any sense. For a yeah. long time, I would expect people to react like I would react or to do what I would do in a certain situation. And then they wouldn't. And I would get upset. And uh, I don't know. It's just kind of shocking how dumb that was uh, to think that everyone's like me. So I'm currently trying to just remind myself, okay, not everyone's like you. They think differently than you. Yeah. And don't get frustrated by that. You know, communicate with one another. Try to see eye to eye and, and move forward together. As far as like Christians disliking each other, that. I guess two things. One is they may hold to secondary issues that are really strongly that yeah. aren't primary, you know, we're yeah. talking about the gospel and Jesus. 
and salvation. And that's what should bring people together. I remember I, I talked with one guy who found out I was a Christian. He immediately jumped to this very divisive topic, and that's all he wanted to talk about. And I was like, hey, let's slow down just a little bit. Let, tell me something about Jesus. You know, let's right. get there together first. So that's one thing. Another thing might just be they are Christians, but they haven't really continued walking with God daily. And this root of bitterness is starting to take over. Next thing you know, you're upset because tennis ball got thrown in your yard or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a strong word. You know, it says, why do they hate one another? I just don't see much hate. Yeah, I see disagreements. I oh, see, yeah. you know, having to work through things. I don't like you that much today, but I'll figure out a way to like you more next week or whatever. But I don't see a lot of hate. In mm-hmm. fact, because I'm thinking of people I know who have a reason probably to maybe hate somebody yeah, because of what was done to them right. or who this person is to them. And they don't. Yeah. The gospel and the Bible, they give the definition of what love is. I mean, God is love. And mm-hmm. it was exemplified in Jesus giving his life for people that would never receive his love. And so there's this very sacrificial love everyone message implied in the gospel. And I remember when I was first saved, that kind of stressed me out. I'm like, how am I going to love everyone? I can't imagine as a believer, you know, holding on to hate Mm -hmm. for very long. Mm -hmm. Like Daniel said, that's not a growing believer because you can't look in the mirror and know that you're a sinner that a sinless savior died for and then hold on to that much hate. At times, Christians are hateful for sure. Yeah. But a growing Christian, I believe, is going to learn that law of beautiful love, mm-hmm. that love of Christ that is in us through the Holy Spirit and start to do some miraculous things where we definitely don't hate and we learn to like and even love other people. And a growing Christian, I think, becomes not that bitter old person, but that loving old person yeah. that you think, man, that is the nicest. I can mm-hmm. People are coming to my mind right now, but man, I just love being around them because they yeah. just lift up the whole room when they walk in that yeah. place. Yeah. And so I guess maybe I'm just looking at the good side. And this question was more implying, you know, why are there some people? Well, that, again, they're probably not growing as Christians. I think it's important too, to remember that loving someone can sometimes mean correcting someone. Yeah, true. In love. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't want someone to continue in their sin, especially someone who you know proclaims to be a Christian. You want them to be growing as you hope they would want you to continue growing. And like you said, hate is so strong. Mm -hmm. That's such a strong Mm -hmm. word. I would hope that that's not the kind of situation that question is referring to. And maybe they weren't implying even other Christians. Maybe they're talking about why do sometimes it looks like Christians are hateful towards non-believers or other groups that don't hold to their beliefs. And that that can be real. That can also be a stereotype. But yeah, unfortunately, with social media and all that, you see some crazy talk coming out of folks Uh that claim to be Christians and then are throwing down hateful words towards other people or other groups. It shouldn't be that way. That's wrong. I'm glad you brought up social media because our media right now is teaching us to be polarized from one another, you know, to truly hate the other person. Yeah, someone who's growing in Christ, they see the commonality that we Mm -hmm. all have, that we're all sinful in desperate need of a savior yeah. and God made a way, right? Yeah. So like there's yeah. nothing, there's that's so exciting. And so when you see other people, we're on the same ground, it's easy to love them because you're like, no, 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 we're yeah. the same. We, yeah. 
you're in need of a savior. Yeah. You know, Christians, uh, if they are walking with Christ and being led, they're going to be peacemakers. They're yeah. going to be life givers. They're going to be the ones starting hospitals and mm-hmm. coming to the rescue and putting their life on the line for others, you know, nine out of 10 times. But media or social media can bring out sometimes the worst or hide yeah. yes. that reality and make it look like Christians are just a bunch of judgmental folks. So it's a, that's a word to us as believers, too, that we're mm-hmm. very, very aware mm-hmm. that people are watching yeah. and they need a good reason to say, man, that's a genuine follower of Christ right there. Yeah. And as we're talking about building disciples at home, yeah, I mean, this is so true with kids watching their parents, Yeah, watching how parents respond their reaction, their showing of love, even in how you correct your child. Yeah. Sorry, this is not really no. addressing this question, no, but it's, good. it's so important to remember. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, they see. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's where the rubber hits the road is at home. You yeah. know, that's where I can see the work of Christ in my own life and see that I'm maybe growing a little bit from ear to ear where I'm like, man, I remember yeah. when I got upset over that and now mm. it doesn't really bother me as much. It's still not, you know, a good situation, but I'm able to go and handle it much differently and probably be more helpful. I think uniquely as Christians, we've been given a way to work things out Mm -hmm. and truth, you know, being honest with folks Mm -hmm. in love. And then there's a way to handle that. And it's like laid out even in in some of the epistles about how you handle disagreements with each other. I don't know Mm -hmm. that other (laughs) workplaces or businesses have. Here's how you handle disagreements. (laughs) But in the Bible, it's there. Mm -hmm. And if we follow that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Indeed. Jennifer's over there laughing. I've got thoughts. She's thinking so of stories. Thoughts. I am. I really am. <laughs> Midday, late late in the day. We've had a long day already. It is. All right. Let's go to the next one. Do you want to share? No, go know? ahead. Okay. Go, nope. I don't want to share. I feel like this one <laughs> ties in a little bit. Again, these are from students. So a little bit from their perspective. It says, I know that the gospel should be my number one focus, but I don't know how to keep it my number one focus as I do things like my chores and homework. How should I? Also, I feel like my schoolwork and my faith are two totally separate things, but I know my faith should affect every part of my life. How would they be connected? I kind of feel like that's a question God has to answer to an extent. That's a good one because that is something I think it is coming mm-hmm. from a, a student's perspective, but yeah. as adults, we feel that way too. Yes, you know, totally. Like, wait, you know, I for a long time as a pastor on staff felt like I want to be so careful not to be one person Yes. At church, another person at home, another person when I'm hanging out outside of church, you know, uh-huh. and find a way for me to be the same and for that that walk with Jesus to infiltrate every part of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all struggle with that too. I do, completely. You talked about something, Daniel, a couple of weeks ago. It was about sorting the mail mm-hmm. and how you had to, this is talking about, you know, how do you keep Christ number one in your relationship with him while you do your homework, while you do your chores, while you're doing these things. How did you do it when you sorted the mail? You turned it into a worship session. That's mm-hmm. what you talked about, right? Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, in every aspect of your life should be worship, right? Right. Every way you interact with people, making sure you do your homework. Mm-hmm. That is obedience. That is working hard. Yeah. That is part of your Christian walk. So everything should be done right. as a means of worship. Does that make sense? It does. And I, it, what that made me think of was, um, you know, it, probably the reason we sometimes feel disjointed and really struggle to figure out, you know, how do I bring God into this area mm-hmm. is because 
we may be reserving that for just like church stuff. Like, okay, you know, when I go to church, that's when I do this. Or at night, late, you know, I'm going to listen to some worship music before I go to bed. Right. I think what's helped me the most is waking up early enough to Mm -hmm. get alone with Jesus and start my day that way so that my first worship time isn't like when I'm with a group of people praying Mm -hmm. or coming to church and hanging out with people at church. But my first worship experience is by myself at home. And starting the day out that way then means, hey, when I'm brushing my teeth in a few minutes, I am going to continue praying. And when I, you know, drive my Jeep down the road to wherever, I'm still walking with Jesus. And so, you know, if we're not starting with that perspective, it's kind of hard to bring it in all of a sudden out of the blue in the middle of the day when you're doing chores. Our pastor, who's what, he's about to celebrate 40 years of ministry here at one church. I mean, if anybody has a reason to sit back and coast, that would be Dennis Watson, right? But no. Right now, his favorite thing is waking up two hours before he has to get up so that he can spend that time in the Word, get his head on straight, and be able to go into his day as one person Mm -hmm. following Jesus, whether it means you're going to the dentist, working in your yard, or preaching. Yes. And so I think how you start your day is a big way of how you continue to stay attached, abiding. Mm -hmm. Again, it's tough to abide when you're in the middle. All of a sudden, I'm doing homework now. Jesus yeah. helped me abide. Oh, you're trying to figure out math at that point. Right. But if you've already been abiding, it's just yes. more natural to say, just Jesus helped me with this, right? And you're sitting in the back of your head. And yeah, as the scripture says, right, to do all things mm-hmm. as unto God, right? To, for his glory. Yep. That's a lofty goal. You know, we, we struggle with it. I get into projects, have my head not on right. And before I know it, I'm getting mad. You know, I can't fix this thing. And I mm. forget to pray or whatever. I was going to say, I know for myself, I guess a bunch of things, really. I do love the Bible, especially like the epistles, because they're amazingly practical, but they're all centered around the gospel and how that's the thing that Paul brings everything back to. So it's not like behavior. It's like, no, no, remember who you are in Christ. And then out out from this, all these things um, come out. So like I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians. If you read it that way, that's the way it's read. And I love the arguments. They make perfect sense. So it's gospel-centered. It's not like your individual self-striving-centered. It's helpful for me because I rehearse it all the time in my brain, and I think through it all the time. So how it applies to my life makes more sense. That's I guess that's how I keep it my number one focus. I mean, if you just wake up in the morning and you spend time meditating on that, that alone yeah. is going to uh-huh. set you right, and then you're you're able to go throughout the day and tackle certain problems the right way. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I got. Also, you're talking about separating the two, like homework and gospel. I don't know. Like, I feel like everything is sacred. Yeah. You know, so like the friendships, we were just went on the retreat and the students were acting so dumb, but in the best way, I love it. Yeah. That's my yeah. favorite kind of time is when you're acting silly, goofy, just dumb. And I think God in those moments is right along with you just chuckling. Yeah, I think we can put too much pressure on ourselves to say everything has to be at the same level as it is when I'm worshiping and taking notes in my journal and having this sweet devotion time. Everything, how do I make homework that way and chores that way, you know? Yeah, Yeah, so I guess when we're studying the Bible and we're understanding God's character more, that gives us a proper perspective that he's not, you know, he's not upset when we're having fun with our friends and like, why are you, why are you acting so crazy right now? It's like, no, he... Yeah, He made you that crazy. He made you that way. There's some YouTube video where they got this old stock footage of 
a Jesus movie and they overdubbed it. <laughs> and yeah. it's perfectly explains what people's perspective on God is. Cause yeah. it's like, Jesus is walking around. It's like, Oh, Peter, I saw you over there smoking that cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you gotta say, you gotta, you're a sinner. So follow me, you know? So yeah, that is a lot of times the way we think of, God and Jesus, it's just not accurate. It's like when you're studying the scriptures and you're actually paying attention, you'll see, we just said it, God is love. You know, he is life. This carries into yeah. adulthood big time. Yeah, big and time. I think it leads to the stress and anxiety a lot of adults feel. Mm-hmm. They are seeking, you know, to, you know, want. Perform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And try to meet these standards and it, you can't or you don't, you feel let yeah. down, you reach that goal and then what's next, yeah. you know, versus abiding. Abiding yeah. is not something we talk about outside of scripture, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but really it was a huge deal to Jesus that we would learn to huge. abide. Yeah. Massive deal that we abide and it's not a rush. You don't, yeah. it's not something you can check off and be, oh, I, I abided. I'll tell you one time I was abiding in Christ. Sounds so weird to say. <laughs> that one day. Here's here. Yeah, this one time. Here's what I was doing. I was watching TBN. I was watching some weird preachers who had some weird hair. And I was on the couch sick. And I just knew that God was in the room. And I was making the dumbest jokes about these preachers on TV. <laughs> they were yeah. so silly. The silliest yeah. jokes, because that's just who I am. Right. I just, I know it. Yeah. God was right with me. Holy chuckling the whole. Holy Spirit's like, go, we were go with it, Daniel. Out, yeah. Right. And even more stuff happened beyond that. Yeah. So that can even be abiding, you know, it yeah. can be in your car, worshiping to and from yeah. work and yeah. laughter. We you forget know? how powerful laughter is. Yeah. That's where good old Nate Bergazzi, oh, Nate yeah. Land comes oh, in yeah. handy. You know, he's a clean Christian comic. And he doesn't focus on right, being right. a Christian. He's just funny. He mm-hmm. just is looking at life through a, mm-hmm. a great lens. That has helped me relax and abide and just enjoy and, and laugh at myself and not get yes. so caught up in performance. You know, I can't go a week without talking about my D group. Mm-hmm. We just did the Ten Commandments. Okay, so in that same chapter in Exodus, and you get to the end of it, like whatever, 20, verse 26 or something, and it says... um, I'm sorry. This is this may be inappropriate for our podcast. So if you have young children in the car, you may want to turn it down right now. I'm just kidding. But it, the verse says, uh, don't make the altar where you had to walk up the stairs to expose your nakedness. I cracked up. I was like, <laughs> seriously? I called Parker in. I was like, Parker, listen to this. This is so funny. And he's like, I don't get it. And I was like, their robes were pretty big. They just were windy. I'm sorry, y'all. So- it was so funny. I was like, wow, I mean, that's like quite a detail there that I yeah. didn't need to know why. Just tell me not to put it upstairs, God, and I'm not going to. Yeah. Anyways, so I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's awesome. It was just really funny to me. Okay, right. so no, that's, in some ways, yeah. this leads to the third question the for final today. Question. Final question for the day. How should I approach God about feeling overwhelmed? I never feel that way. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just kidding. You know, there's the, the Matthew passage. I can't think of the actual verses, but, you know, he says, come to me. Yeah, all who all, are weary. All of you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You know, he talks about exchanging uh, our stresses and burdens to giving them to him. 
Yeah. And that he'll, in return, give us his, which are, he says, light and easy. Yes. I believe that. I mean, I've, I've experienced that. I just don't uh, do it enough. Right. You know. I, but like, he knows you're overwhelmed. Like, just. Yeah. I mean, how do you approach God about feeling overwhelmed? You just tell him, God, I am so yeah. overwhelmed. That's true. Let yeah. him help you with your priorities. Let him figure out what that next step needs to be. He's going to open your eyes to what you need to be working on. And what you need to be overwhelmed with is him. Mm-hmm. It's not the things around us. It's him. And when you're overwhelmed with him, you don't have to worry so much about everything else. Not that it falls into place because there are, of course, all kinds of struggles around. Mm-hmm. But like you said, yeah. the burden is not as heavy. I like that how they ask that question. You know, how do you approach God? Yeah. You just do it. You yeah. just keep yeah. on. That's the thing. Uh, well, I don't know how many teenagers listen to this or adults who are wondering the same thing, but you just chase after. I mean, I love the passage where Jesus talks about prayer, where he's saying, he gives the illustration or the parable at the time was about someone who's very persistent and knocking and knocking and knocking, mm-hmm. knock, 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 knock. He's like, I don't really want to answer, you know, I don't want to take care of you, but since you're going to keep on knocking, I'll do it. You know, it's like yeah. it, Jesus is almost welcoming us to constantly be barraging him with our stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're worried, when you're happy, just bring it all to him all the time. And that goes back to that yeah. abiding. You've got someone with you always, might as well enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah, give it to him. I was thinking of ways that, because I don't know who wrote this, and so right. I don't know what they're going through, but we can be confident that God does, and he'll answer them in like the correct way. But I was thinking of Mary and Martha, how Martha seemed pretty overwhelmed with all the things she was trying to do for Jesus. I don't know, she's getting some dishes ready or something, mashed potatoes or something like that. And meanwhile, Mary is spending time with the Lord. And I guess everything's kind of coming full circle. But yeah, Paul talking about getting up and spending time with God early in the morning and letting that be the thing that carries you throughout the day. And you come back yeah. again, you come back again and again. Yeah. And that could be so tedious, but God's faithful and he'll help you out. And I, we got to be like Mary and do the thing that's more important. There's one verse I used to read to myself. At one point I felt I had went through this weird experience and that it didn't dawn on me till a couple of weeks later that I was like, that was crazy, you know, and I had trouble sleeping and, uh, I don't know. I was thinking practical things you could do. One thing is sleep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety. And that's Psalm 4, verse 8. That's yeah. just trusting God with everything you got going on. And and sometimes you're so overwhelmed and you can't accomplish everything in one day yeah. or one week or one month or one year. You know, like, Yeah. Right. Some things we got to let go of. But at least for, you know, at the end of the night, we can turn things over to God and just trust that, you know, he's taking care of us. and. He's good. Yeah. And we can walk with him. Christians have a unique ability to handle probably more pressure than someone who's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know some folks that are, you know, really tough, maybe physically or maybe even mentally and emotionally who aren't believers Mm -hmm. uh, and get a lot done and go out there and kill it. But I really think there's an extra reserve of power and peace and joy that comes from Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit that will allow us as believers to begin learning how to hold up under yes. enormous amounts of pressure and to stand firm, I guess, mm-hmm. is what we're told to do. Stand firm and wait for the Lord's deliverance, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And when you're standing under the mighty hand of God is holding you, wow. I mean, not always, but let's face it, as believers, let's stand strong and know that that pressure is making us stronger. Mm-hmm. Like when that stress comes, mm-hmm. don't run from it and be like, ah, I hate this. I got to get away from it. And you stand up under it and go to bed if you got to, like I said, get some sleep, wake yeah. up the next day. 
and watch the Lord minister to you, that joy comes in the morning. It really does. And, and mm-hmm. you get stronger and stronger. And that's a really cool definition or one way you can describe integrity. To have great integrity is the strength of something, the integrity of something to be able to handle pressure, like the integrity of a bridge to hold that weight that goes over it. And so, man, I love that thought of just the Lord building you and shaping you and molding that clay, making this vessel that's for his glory which is going to be stressful. So, mm-hmm. you know, approach him in your stress and say, help, but don't run from it and think that we shouldn't have pressure. Yeah. Builds that character that is unique to followers of Christ. Yes. Well, All that right. Was, that Covered was good. good yeah. Stuff. Great stuff. Thank you for these um, questions, teenagers. We do have a number. If, yeah. If you have questions that you would like for us to tackle, you can send us a message to 678-653-2360. Just call, leave us a message. Oh, it's 653, right? Did yeah. you say that? I hope so. 678-653-2360. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, we would literally go crazy over the first call we We get. really yeah, will. I mean, it, you'll be like you, the center of the show. We, I mean, call from wherever. It'd be cool if it was out of state or something. Oh, my I mean, we'd goodness. We'd go crazy. We, we really I mean, would. <laughs> We'd love to hear your questions. Yeah, you can email also at anchored at harpscrossing.com, H-A-R-P-S crossing.com. But yeah. Let us know. Send us questions, topics you'd love to hear about, situations you're dealing with when it comes to building disciples at home. We will jump on into that. That'll be cool. So until next time, what do we always say? Stay anchored. In Jesus. In In Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Steve Podcast Productions.